I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing really well. Are you out in uh, California? I am. Sorry for the blurry background. I'm like in the middle of packing my house up, and it is a mess behind me. Oh, that's cool. I'm over in Richmond, Virginia, and it is really nice out today. It's like in the 70s with a nice, no humidity. It's beautiful. Oh, nice. Gotta love that. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about a trade. Longtime fan, by the way, so it's nice to finally get you on the show. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. The hope of a spark. I guess it's been out about what a little over a month now, like six weeks maybe. Yeah, yeah. I know it's a four song EP, but what's been the response to it so far? I mean, it's been cool. I mean, so far, I think that for us, you know, trying to take the EP route and kind of release some songs and kind of smaller doses is proving to be exactly what we wanted it to be. I feel like just giving people the opportunity to just really digest uh, your music fully um, as working so far, but it's been cool because, you know, it's, we just got off of uh, about a month long tour in the States and it was really cool for us to like be able to play the whole EP live. You know, you could put all those songs into the set and not have it kind of be overbearing new stuff. And, um, you know, drowning is kind of been, was a really quick like jumper for us. Like that was like, from the week it came out that started going nuts live obviously watch me berms going good i mean um god devil was a surprise for us i mean that song is was going crazy live and we didn't you know you never know what to expect of the songs that aren't like singles or you know the songs that don't have a light shined on them but um it's been really cool so far people have kind of been really connecting to all the songs which is nice to to put out a release and and have all the songs getting a bit of a spotlight you know what was uh were you hesitant to try and do that with the new I guess with the new business model of the of music business where you're putting out shorter projects for consumption because people have such a smaller attention span, right? Yeah. I just, I, I guess I just, I care less and less about the traditional kind of methods of things and more about how, how do we actually get people to have the opportunity to, like I said, digest right. all of the art. Um, you know, it's, it's a tales all this time that you put out an album, put out 12 songs on an album and four of them get a light shined on them and are in the tens of millions of streams and, you know, have all this attention. And then the other eight, um, are in like the hundreds of thousands. If that maybe they hit a million, you know, they're in the dark and you spent all this time on these songs. And we're not a band that has historically, put out records with a bunch of filler like it's hard to get songs past us so for us it's like oh well man like it just didn't have opportunity to get to get shown so i'm all about alternative methods of of release um i think that physical release really only lies in vinyl and cool like collectors kind of stuff these days i don't care about cds i don't i couldn't play a cd if i wanted to i don't have a cd in my car i don't have a my computer i don't know know. so it's like one of those things right there but as far as just releasing things i just want to release things that are that make it more accessible and and easy to uh, actually consume and 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 digest then and i think that 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 potentially is in singles and EP ever. I don't know everything or anything. So we'll see how it goes. 
So when you were approaching it then, did you write like a bunch of songs and then, you know, pick four for this and you've got more in the works? Or did you just write the four for this EP and then you're going to start another four or whatever it is? There, there's a greater story that will that will sort of um, unfold itself here pretty soon um, and a kind of greater picture. Um, but this was the first um, this was like the first chapter of that, I'll say. Okay. So I know you, I know you said the record or, you know, the EP has been doing well and the response has been great, but I think not only is the music amazing, but I think you deal with like some really heavy, maybe universal topics that everyone coming out of the last three years of nonsense we were dealing with can identify with. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that we're trying to just be exactly that, just kind of brutally honest and, and uh, talk about things that we think, people need to to talk about and feel things that people need to know it's okay to feel you know so do you feel a sense of responsibility then with your lyrics to the fans i mean sort of i would be i would be dumb to be like to not feel that sense of responsibility i mean being in a band for as long as we have and and having the for you know being fortunate enough to have the career that we've had like I'd be stupid to think that, that we didn't affect people. Right. And if you, if you have some sort of soapbox to stand on, um, you know, it, it doesn't always have to be specific to, you know, a cause or an emotion or whatever, but I think at very least it can be sort of uh, letting people that are listening know how you're feeling and maybe they can relate to that. So there's definitely, I mean, there is a pressure there. And I think that there's an importance to lyrics and importance to, to what we're actually saying for sure. So I, I said the responsibility thing, and I'm going to say that again, but do you feel a responsibility to the metal scene as a whole? Because you guys were sort of like the originators of this sort of genre, I think, way back in the late 90s, right? Uh, I mean, one of them, maybe. I mean, like, you know, I, there's there's been awesome press that that has awesome quotes about us inventing things, but I think it's all out of context. But um, I mean, I think that where we came from when we started, there wasn't a lot of bands doing what we were doing. There was very few of us. It was, you know, uh, in, in our kind of era, it was us and Avenged Sevenfold and Kill Switch Engage right. and Poison the, Poison the Well and, you know, a handful of, of uh, you know, other bands that were kind of mixing the melodic and maybe a little even on the West Coast, a little bit of more of the punk elements and things. But, um, you know, I don't know that we have like a responsibility to like, to the metal scene you know what i mean I don't, I don't feel i feel like we don't it's been a long time since we were open arms welcomed into one scene you know we're kind of just have our our hands and feet in a lot of them and i think that that has all been so incredibly blended these days with there's no it's like there's no genre anymore like people don't people don't listen to one thing anymore right it just i feel like it's so rare and the ones that do unfortunately the ones that do are metalheads <laughs> it's like right. it's like if there is one like in a box like it's a lot you know it's it's those like dedicated metalheads which is fine i think the majority of the population is just listening to everything whatever comes on right or just a mixed up playlist yeah you know I, I always joked i mean i always got asked the question like what's your guilty pleasure and i haven't had one since i was like in my early 20s when i realized like why would i feel guilty about listening to music that i like regardless right. of what it is um, and I think that I, that concept is, that's the norm these days, I think. Well, I think um, that makes a whole lot of sense, right? Because if the music connects with you, it doesn't matter if it's Taylor Swift or country or, you know, death metal, right? It's, if it connects, somehow, yeah. 
and you get something. I like it all. I, I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I like it all. I mean, literally, like it's funny those three things. Like, uh, we listen to my, my daughter is is six, and we take on the way to kindergarten every day. Most days, a lot of them we listen to "Welcome to New York" with Taylor Swift. Right. Do I care? No, it's a great song. Right. And then, and then, but I also like the what is it like? There's like the 26th anniversary of the In Flames album "Colony," one of my favorite metal bands of all times. And then at the same time, last night I watched the Jelly Roll documentary, and that uh, "Son of a Sinner," uh, you know, song is right. a great country song. Like I, I'm, I'm down for it all. That's great. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. So when you guys are writing, are you guys writing the song like for the song's sake, or are you writing a song for how it's going to come across on the stage? Uh, I mean, it definitely crosses our mind. There's when you're in the studio, it definitely crosses your mind where you're like, Oh, this is going to hit live. Like this is going to be the part. Um, but I think that sort of comes secondary. Like we, we have those moments where, you know, you do want to get those, the tempo or that kind of one little head bobbing moment. Like, um, there's a moment on, um, on in our wake, um, a song called anger left behind that I, the tempo is perfect. And every time we play it live, I have all of the lights on our stage doing the same thing because it's hilarious. Cause the tempo, the tempo and the visual, you have thousands of people all doing the same thing. Uh, but like, so that, that, that comes to mind for sure. Um, I think that the song builds itself first, like just how it feels in the studio. And then that, that kind of like maybe the parts to kind of adapt to a, a cool live experience too. Cause that is a huge part of our band. I mean, the live experiences, you know, a very very big part of our band right so you ever imagine you'd still be doing this for whatever 25 20 years 25 plus years i'm guessing we're in it now 25 years next year um you know i think that when we started i didn't have a realistic idea of time or what where this would go you know um i think when you're a kid and you hop in a van with your friends and and the only thing that matters is hopping in a van with your friends um you kind of like don't have a, well, what am I going to, is this going to work still in 20 plus years? The fact that we've been a band for, like I said, next five years. And I still feel like we have ground to cover and we still keep kind of breaking these milestones, having these new kind of uh, wins for our team and for our band. That's an incredible thing. Like we, like, you know, it's funny because we talk about this all the time. Again, I bring up kids and, you know, you meet parents at school. And it's like, what do you do? And it's like, I'm a musician. Right. And they're like, cool, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm in a band. And they're like, oh, like the second question is always, are you famous? And I'm like, well, it depends on what kind of music. Right. You define famous. Um, right. Yeah. Like define famous. And it's like, I, and they're like, well, how is your band big? And I'm like, define big. I'm like, right. I put it this way. I'm, 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 I'm like being in a band as my job for the last 20 years, 25 years. Right. I'm like, my so that's, right. that's the only thing that I do. And they're always like, Oh, okay, cool. But I mean, that's, that's a crazy thing to say out loud. And I think we're very fortunate uh, to be here. And I think that we're a band that's always, you know, we've had our ups and downs, we've had our twists and turns. And I think that sure. somehow we sort of come out the other end stronger every time. Um, and I think that that's just like a testament of, of our sort of bond and our friendship. Like we are, 
actual friends. We grew up together, like, and we care about this. So it's one of those things that, you know, it's crazy to think about. It's a long, it's a long time to do anything. It is. And it's a long time to do anything in this weird business that you're in, right? This music business choose people out quicker than, than anything. And, you know, to say you're still here 25 years later is pretty amazing. It's pretty insane. I mean, we've seen a lot of bands, you know, get a lot bigger than us and are gone right. now. We've seen a lot of bands never get even to where we are and they're gone now. So it's one of those things where it's like, we're still here and not only are we still here, but it's like, still going relevant well. <laughs> yeah. yeah like it's 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 an awesome thing and you know uh, we're we're very fortunate and it's not lost on us at all what do you guys have planned for the rest of the year i know you said you just got off a, a run you got other stuff coming up yeah we'll be doing um probably another run in the states um that's kind of in the in the uh, mix right now getting planned and then we're doing it's basically a world tour um, we announced um the we want your skulls world tour the first which is europe uk and uh, in uh october november or sorry november december um and then we will sort of be announcing more legs of that yeah. in the states um you know australia um hopefully you know we're doing some shows in canada with iron maiden that'll be a part of that um but it's it's, it's um we're going to kind of it bit by bit so we're, we're we're planning on taking the the whole world Awesome. What's it like touring post pandemic? Is it very, very different for you guys or is it kind of just now it's fine. I mean, the first tour we did in, uh, what in 21, the 21, um, it was weird. Like there was still lots of rules and we were trying to be very daddish on tour and get other bands to like adapt to, you know, safety protocols and stuff, which was fucking, fucking hopeless. Um, it's like wrangling a bunch of children and <laughs> right. um, like I never had to yell at dudes and bands before in my life. And, it, and I looking back, it's like, you know, was it necessary? Was it not at the time? All we wanted to do was finish a tour. Right. And it, it's like, all I know is that I know how much that tour bus costs. And I know how much I have to pay our crew no matter what happens. I know how much all this costs. So all I want to do is finish the tour so that I don't lose like tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars. Right. Um, uh, I think when people can have that perspective, you know, it was a little weird and nerve wracking and, you know, the trying to kind of do all the normal things you do were a little strange, but now it's back to like it never happened it's so rare that you see a mask at a show you know i'm back in the crowd freaking sipping on people's beers it's not it's, it's <laughs> right i'm back to being my ignorant self but um yeah i mean it's now it's it's it's, it's cool again it was weird for a little while but but i think we kind of pushed out the other side it's fine now sweet that's gonna bring me to the end of my questions i don't know if i missed anything you wanted to cover i really love the ep yeah. been banging it man Sorry about the, oh, yeah. the screw up earlier trying to get this worked out, but oh no worries, man. I'm, I, it was all good, no worries at all. I appreciate you taking the time, and I don't know if you're swinging this way on the run, but hopefully we'll catch you on this side somewhere. We should be out there. Yeah, we didn't do tons of east like the east uh, eastern states, so we should be back out there hopefully in the fall. Okay, cool. Well, I appreciate awesome, it, man. man. Be well. Thanks, take it easy. Take care. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. 
Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.